as a, a, a phosphorus in your life. Well, we've had occasional Sunday evening services before when uh, people like Barry Woodward have been here and others have been here, but we have just embraced change. If you're new to your life, we meet at 11 o'clock on a Sunday and now we meet at 6 o'clock on a Sunday as well. And tonight is a, a different thing for me. I'm just going to share and read a couple of verses, but I'm going to share a bit of it, my story. Okay, and I've never really shared what we call testimony story before. But I'm just going to share a bit. I can share somebody else's, but it wouldn't be as authentic or real. I can only really share that would be like a biography as opposed to an autobiography. But I'm just going to read a couple of versions because we sang a song earlier, but there is only one foundation. We believe. I mean, the foundation for my life has been the Word of God. It's based on the Word of God, and there's an incredible scripture when Paul is writing to a young man called Timothy, and it's up on the screen now. I was going to say it's going to come up, but they're quicker than me. And this version says, 2 Timothy 3.15, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. And Paul has written that to a young man who's becoming a pastor, as a pastor, a young pastor in his life and come to that place. He's talking to someone who had a personal relationship with, a young guy obviously called Timothy. That's why the letter's called Second Timothy. He'd already wrote a first letter to Timothy. And this is another letter. And he's encouraging this young man called Timothy. And if I'm being honest, if I was a young man, Paul could have written the same instruction to me as he did to Timothy. And no, I'm not a young man now. I'm not an old man either. I'm an older man than what I was. But I refuse to get old. You can't help but get older but you can make a choice, I'm never going to get old. I'm never going to, it's a mindset, it's a belief system, it's an attitude that I refuse to get old, but I can't help getting older. But if Paul was writing to me at Timothy's age, he could have written the same thing that he wrote here. You know, and he's writing and basing it, but the word of God, you know, the word of God is still as powerful today as ever was. God's word is powerful. You no, know, right at the beginning of what we call time, God spoke and things happened. The world was formed, and he created by the power of his word, and God still speaks today, and God has used men, inspired, the Bible says, inspired men to write what God wanted in his message. And if we read some scriptures, that Hebrews 4 says that the word of God is, is alive and powerful. It's as alive and powerful. It's not just a word, it's a powerful word. It's a living word. And it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it cuts through between soul and spirit, even joints and marrow, and is a discerner of our thoughts and the intents of our heart. God's word is powerful, and in my life, God's word has been incredibly powerful and significant in my life. And God's word has helped me, and it's corrected me, it's given me instruction, it's given me direction, but the word of God has played an incredibly important point, if you like, part of my life. And it still should, because it's the greatest word and the greatest book there ever was. 
you know, Paul is writing and he says that you've, from childhood, you've known the Bible. You've known the scriptures, Timothy. For a wee boy, you've known about this stuff. And it's helped frame you, conditioned your life, you know. And I think and I know what happens to us in childhood can frame and have a significant impact on the rest of our life. It can condition us, it can frame us, it can perform, uh, form the basis of the foundation for our life. And for many people that is good, but for others, it's not good. But I think it prepares us in many ways for what's coming next, or it shapes us and forms us for what's coming. Our childhood and what happens in childhood is incredibly powerful on our life. And I thank God that I had a uh, a loving childhood and a loving family, and I thank God for the background and the family I have. But many of you maybe didn't have that background. But I want to tell you, even though that has maybe shaped you and shaped some of your life and formed your life, I believe that God can change. If it's not been a good experience, God can redeem, God can restore what is broken in your life. The Bible talks about God restores the soul in Psalm 23. It talks about he restores health to us, he restores years to us. God can restore and whatever was in the past has happened to you to make you what you are today. I believe your future doesn't need to be determined by a bad past because God can come in and change you and determine you. But for me, I had a good upbringing. I had a good uh, Christian background, so to speak. I've known the Holy Scriptures from a young child. From childhood, Timothy, you've known the Bible. And I'm the same. I've known the Bible. I've known church all my life. And you might think that's sad. That the reality is, I can never think, if I think back in my life, I can never think or remember a part of me which was not in church. That is wonderful, and I thank God for it. You might think it's sad and boring. And if I was honest, there were some days as a child, I thought it was sad and boring as well. But not look bad, I'm so thankful for it. I was born in Irvine, Ayrshire, into uh, a, a mining family in East Ayrshire, and for about four and a half years, lived there. I'm not going to mention where. But then, well, then about four and a half, we moved down to England, to Leicester. Uh, as a family, we moved down to Leicester. When I was about four and a half, till I was about ten, we lived down in Leicester. It's funny, uh, I've joked about recently, when we lived down in Leicester, my dad took me to see Leicester City. They're the first football team I ever went to see. So they're my first love in football. And for those who know you in football, what I've said recently, 50 years of suffering was worth it for about four seasons ago when they were in really. From a distance when I come back, I still followed them. But we Leicester in. Whether it's Cumnock Baptist Church or Chamber Road Baptist Church or Full Gospel Mission in Colville in Leicestershire, all my memories as a child are sitting in church. As far as that's concerned, I have other memories, obviously. But all I know is church. I've been brought up in church. I've known church. Timothy, from a child, you've known the Holy Scriptures. From childhood, you've known the Bible. And you could have said it 
to Jim, you've known the Bible. I grew up in church. We lived in a house where preachers came, missionaries came, stayed with us, okay? And some of you, a certain age, might remember a, a man called Danny McVicker, who was an incredible evangelist, a gift minister of the church and used to win thousands to Christ. But he stayed in my house so many times. I gave up my bed in my bedroom for Danny McVicker so many times that it wasn't Danny McVicker. He was Uncle Danny to me. He was in our house. He was Uncle Danny. That's how much, and there was others. You know, the uncles that are not your uncles, but you call them uncle because of the family relationship. Uncle Danny was like that to me. And all I know is people coming and going through my years, even from a child, from a little boy. I remember. That's all I remember. It's church, going to church. And in those days, it was like, we've started evening services here. And it's like morning service and evening service. But when I was younger, it was a Sunday school. Then there was an afternoon service. Then you went to somebody's house for fellowship uh, as a family. Then you went to an evening service. Then it always seemed to be an after-meeting service. And as a young boy, that sounds, no, no, I'm not really into this much. Okay, but I did it. And I'm thankful because it impacted and influenced my life. And God was doing something in my life. And I found that scripture. I, I could, from a young age, I could recite all the books of the Bible. And in the right order. Okay. I could memorize and I could quote a lot of scripture. It would be King James. And the reality is, this is how impactful it is. If I'm quoting off the top of my head scripture now, it will come out King James language because that got into me when I was a child. And from a child, you've known the Holy Scripture. And I used to know a lot. I mean, I, I know all the old Sunday school songs, deep and wide, wide, wide is the ocean. You name it, dare to be a Daniel. Daniel was a man in prayer with Christ in the vessel. I've been through them all. Okay, I've known them all. i sung them all. And I could tell you a lot of scriptures. And I could tell you a lot about the Bible. And it came to Bible quizzes. People wanted me in the team because, I mean, every time I went, I heard a lot of the Bible. Some of it had to obviously stick in me. And we used to do a thing called sword drill at church. I don't know if you've ever heard sword drill, but the Bible says, Ephesians, it refers to the Bible, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it's like the armor of God, and it talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we, I'll get it. I'll get this one. This is an old one. But we used to do things like this, Okay. It was like, sheathe your sword. See, so put it under there. Draw your sword. See, so put it up like that. And then it would say something like, Hezekiah 3 and 6. I'm just kidding. There's no Hezekiah in the Bible. Okay. It could be Nehemiah 4 and 2. But you had to hold it like that. And then it was, charge. And as soon as it was charged, you opened it up. You looked for it. And as soon as you found it, then you stood up and you read it out. That you won that point. And even though I'm not that competitive as a person, <laughs> I used to love it. I used to love it. But you know what? It got into me. I, I, I nearly cheated once, but my integrity kind of went through in the end. I was in a final. There was this thing that every week there was a winner, then the last day there was a grand final. And we went through that, and they got to the stage like that, and it was like, John 3, 16, charge. And in my mind, I'm, I know that off by heart. I know that off by heart. I could just go like that with my Bible 
flick over a few pages and recite John 3.16. But while I was doing it, another girl got there and she started saying John 3.16. But I'd already decided, no, that's not true. That's not honest. But I thought about it. But the reality is, from a child, I've known the Bible. I've known the songs. I've known what church is. I've known all about it. And in many ways, I was a good boy. I, I went to church, I was a good boy. People would say, he's a good boy. He's a good Christian boy. But you know, the Bible says, it doesn't matter how good I was, I was not good enough. Because Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of God's glory. But for all fallen short of God's standard. And the Bible also says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of that sin or the penalty is death, eternal separation from God. It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter how much a goody two-shoes I was, I was never good enough. In God's eyes, I was not any better than anyone else because we've all come short and we're all the same in God's eyes. None of us can achieve salvation with God. And even though I knew the Bible, even though I knew all the Sunday school songs, I knew the, uh, how to quote the Bible, I knew how, where to get things, I knew what the Bible said, I'd heard preachers, even though I was good, I still wasn't good enough. I still needed Jesus Christ as my Savior. You know, the reality is the Bible, and Paul roots it here, the Bible is not what saves us. Paul says to Timothy, you've known the scriptures which are able to make thee wise to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. And Jesus one day was talking to a bunch of religious leaders, and they said, you can read it in John 5, he says, you know what? You search the scriptures because you think they will give you eternal life. He said, but the scriptures point to me. The scriptures point to Jesus. And it doesn't matter how much you know your Bible, it doesn't matter how much you talk about your Bible, it doesn't matter how much you think you're great and eloquent and quoting the Bible, the Bible is not what saves you. It's come to the place where they point you to a person called Jesus Christ who died for us. And I thank God the day came, even though it was a wee bit later, the day came when I'd done that. And it wasn't just the Scriptures, it was knowing who was the living Word of God, Jesus Christ. And the Scriptures just point you. And you maybe know the Scripture, maybe know the Bible for a long time, but all they're coming to do is to point you to a person called Jesus. And I've known the Bible since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. But even down in England, I didn't come to that personal faith in Jesus Christ. And just like Jesus says to those people, you had many opportunities, but you didn't take them. I had opportunities as a wee boy. I'd been to meetings where they made appeal with Asher to go forward if you want to accept Jesus. I had parents who loved me enough to keep encouraging me to do it, but I never did it. But then we moved back up to Scotland. I thought I'd wait till I get back home. No, I come back to Scotland. And then one day, it wasn't even in a church. One day in Holmburn Road in the other third. And knelt down and my mother prayed a prayer, a sinner's prayer with me and led me to Jesus Christ. And there was a day in my life when I was about 11 years old, when I was 11 years old, when I accepted Jesus Christ. And even though I knew all about the Bible, even though I was a good boy, I still had to come to a point where God's word said I needed to accept Jesus Christ. And that day, I remember, it was a Tuesday night up in Cumberland. Um, 
And I knelt down and I prayed a sinner's prayer and I asked Jesus to be my personal saviour. I like to think, I say, and I've, I mean, I've, I've told you, I've been in church forever. And I've heard these dramatic stories about kind of people that have, I mean, axe murderers and uh, all these type of people, not quite, but people who have a horrendous past, they come to faith in Jesus Christ and wow, they go and they transform overnight. And I said, well, no, I wasn't like that. And to be honest, I didn't feel that much different. And I'll be honest, see for a while, I struggled with that. And through years I struggled with, well, you didn't feel anything. Could it really be real? And it's because my mind was, I was, dads will be all these other stories. But you know, there came a point in my life where I started believing what God's word says, not what I felt. You know what, our feelings are real, but they're not truth, because his word is truth, and his truth never changes. And then I started quoting scriptures to myself. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If ever believed him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our righteousness. And the more I quoted the word of God over my life, I want to tell you, those doubts disappeared. And I started believing. And I started of a faith. We believe. We believe. And the moment I started believing what God's word said, and I started not doubt, I started not to doubt, because I knew that I knew that God's word was truth. And my feelings were all over the place, but his word is never all over the place. Thy word is truth. And I believed it. And when I done that later on, I tell you what, I've never had a doubt ever since that my sins are forgiven, that I'm right before God and I'm bound for heaven in eternity. Because his word is truth. And I had faith in his word. And we need, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but we'll skip stuff. And we came back. But God's hand has always been on my life. And I want to tell you, no matter where you've been up to now, I want to tell you, God's hand's been on your life preferring for today. When we were leaving, when my mum and dad felt God was calling them back to Scotland, I remember James Street, Colville Church. I remember the Sunday school teacher or leader speaking over my parent, to my parents with me standing there. And he spoke what would be like a prophetic word. We would call it today. And he says, I want to tell you that God's hand's on your son, Jim, and he's going to be a pastor someday. I was about nine or ten years old, and I wasn't even a Christian. I'd never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal saviour up to that point. And I could take you back to where we were standing, at the back of that hall. And I stood there with my parents, with a smile on my face. And inside I'm saying, no chance. Yeah. I'm going to play football for Leicester City. <laughs> football was my life. And he was saying that, and all the time I was smiling inside, I said, no way. <laughs> You're kidding. There's no way that's going to happen. Uh, I might be a football player. I, I'm a good football player. Those days I was at school. Not getting to that. I'm going to be a football player, and I'm going to play professional football. I'm going to be in this pastor. <laughs> I'm not even a Christian. No, 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 no. It's not going to happen. But yeah, I know. I want to encourage you, speak life over your children. Speak the word of God over your children. And even if they don't receive it, you speak the word of God. And I didn't kick up a fuss. I was too young and too nice to do that with my parents. But inside, I'm saying, that's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. But listen, you speak the word of God over your kids' lives. 
speak their life in the Word of God. You know, we came back to Scotland, and let's, to be honest, I just became a Christian and drifted through school, drifted through life, not really knowing what I was doing. I was good at some things at school. I was good at maths. I thought, well, let's drift into accountancy. It seems like a good idea at the time. Okay, but football was still my life. But you know, something had changed when we came back to Scotland. And it was, moving from England to Scotland is not always that easy. For the first year in P6, I was called the English boy just because of the way I spoke. Okay, but then when you're living coming up for any length of time, that English accent does go, I can assure you. But football was my life. And I love football. I love for football. Uh, that was uh, even at a 10, 11 year old, I love for football, school team at P6. And, but then in P7, something happened to me. I skinned my heel and I got a kick in my heel, and I was ill. I was ill with it. Now, please hear me. I would never have been a great football player. I would never have made professional football. But I'd have played at amateur, junior, I'd have played probably junior level. But football was my life. I love for football. But I got a kick in my, my heel. and. For whole of primary seven, I was off school for quite a number of weeks to primary seven and ended up four weeks in hospital. And I was never the same after that. And football was not quite the same after that. But I'd been brought up in a Christian home and I'd seen people getting healed because the same faith in God's word which says it's for salvation also says he's a healer as well. And God is a healer. And I'd seen healing all through my life. I have seen people getting healed. My mother had a younger sister who died of asthma in her 30s. And my mother should have died of asthma in her 30s. I've seen as a young boy, see my mum gasping for breath and not, think, not knowing she's going to have another breath in her. But one day she was prayed for, for asthma. And for the next 45 to 50 years of her life, she never had another asthma attack. That's great. I've seen my dad, yeah, thank God for that. I've seen God. I've seen my dad have a subarachnoid hemorrhage one day, once. And after it, the doctor's speaking to him after some time later and says, we have got no medical explanation for this, but it seems to have healed itself. But we have got no medical explanation for how that happened. And then but my dad's saying, well, we believe in prayer. He said, you can say that. We can't, but what we can say is we have got no explanation for why it happened. I've seen my, my young sister who gave her heart to Jesus before me. I've seen her when she couldn't speak and she prayed for then her voice come back. I was less thrilled about that one than I was about my mum and dad, but that's another story. <laughs> but I've seen, but then they used to say, well, why? And I get prayed for my heel for a number of times. And it was serious and I get prayed for for a number of times in my heel. And it came to a point where I had an operation and they'd done the operation and then but they spoke to my, my dad and myself, my mom after it, they said we went to do the operation it was okay, it healed itself, we can't understand it so we just let me tied up but it, it healed itself, it healed i.e. we can't understand it because we saw it and we x-rayed it and it looked bad but we, we couldn't fix it because it fixed itself but I'll tell you I believe that was God's hand on my life changing the direction and course of my life because I was thinking, why did you know that seven months ago and that would have been an awful lot better for me? But you didn't. But I believe God's hand has been on your life in ways that you didn't even imagine. 
and God's directed your life and some things that have happened to you thought, I didn't like that. I want to tell you, it's God's brought you to this place and he's redirected your course of your life because his hand's on you and he's got a purpose for you still to fulfill and God's hand and he's for you and he loves you and he's got a good plan and purpose for your life. I drifted through my life and then I came a point when I was about 14 when I was reading my Bible this day. I read my Bible every day. But remember, God spoke to me in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 2. And I was about 14, 15, and I was drifting through without really any real full-on commitment to God. But it's God speaking to David. And he says, you're going to be a, a shepherd to my people, Israel. And you're going to be a leader or a ruler in Israel. Uh, you're going to be a leader over God's people. You're going to be a shepherd, pastor figure. And God spoke to me. And you've maybe been there. It was one of these moments where you're reading it and it just jumps out at you and it's just God speaking to you. And God spoke to me that day and he says, you're going to be a pastor in the church, a leader in the church. Excuse me. And that word back in Colville of that Sunday school teacher come back to me and I thought, oh no. Oh no. And it was so real, but I thought, oh no. <laughs> Oh no, I'm glad, I'm glad I know you, but no, <laughs> no, 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 no. But then it's about a few days later, maybe a week later, and, um, and it was my daily devotions, and it was in Chronicles, and the same verse jumped out, and I thought, oh no, Lord, what are you saying? <laughs> no, this, isn't, this is not happening. But God was telling me it was going to happen. Long story short, I drifted through university, at school, university, but later years, we moved from All Night Church to New Life Church, Pastor Peter Coggins, a pastor, and something changed within me, and God started drawing me closer to him. I got a commitment for him. I received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It changed my life, and God was beginning to do something and prepare me, but it was the word of God was speaking to me all the time. And gradually I gave to a place where I was more involved in church life, Married a great woman who God put in my path, in my path, and God was blessing us. And I remember I was getting to a stage where I was getting more involved in work. I drifted into accountancy. Said this isn't me. Got my degree, chucked halfway, halfway through CA exams. You know why? Because it wasn't what I was born for. God's hand was directing me, and I was never fully satisfied in what I was doing. And financial services, it just didn't knit right with me. It didn't fit right with me because I knew that God had a tug in my heart and God was calling me into something different. Then it came to a point where work was getting too busy and church involvement was getting bigger and I cried out to God for a period of about eight or nine months and nobody really knew all in Carthy. I was crying out to God, I can't go on like this. I just can't go on. Can he work's taking more time? David, come along. That was a bigger problem. No, that's not a problem. Okay. Okay. Church involvement was getting bigger. And the cry, I remember, and this time I was in financial services. And in Matthew 6, God spoke to me one day and says, you can't serve God and mammon or money. No, it was a word. It was one of those words where you know it's just God. And it's God speaking to me. And I heard God say, you need to make your decision. My hand's been on your life, but you need to make a decision to take a step of faith and pursue me. And I'm thinking, how do I tell Cathy this? Okay, okay, how do I go from a decent salary to, whoa, don't know what's going to happen here, Cathy. 
okay, but I feel God's spiritual though she is. Whoa, whoa, okay. And know what annoyed me? Eventually I picked up the courage about a, a week later and I spoke to her about it. And when she says, yeah, I know. I says, what do you mean you know? I says, I just feel God's called me to give up my work and I have to serve him full time. And she says, yeah, I know. I said, what do you mean you know? She says, well, God spoke to him about two or three weeks ago out the same scripture, that Matthew 6, because I'd been worrying. I saw it happening and I wondered how I'm going to cope with money. And he says to me, don't worry about it, Cathy. I'll provide every need that you're going to make. That's the gist of it. And then I'm saying, Lord, why did you tell her before you told me? That's not right. Yeah, okay. It's my call. It's me you're doing business with. And yet you tell her before you tell me. That's not fair. Do I want to serve a God who talks to my wife before? No, I'm just kidding. I want to tell you, I'm just saying, but every time and every significant part of my journey, the word of God, God has spoke to me through his word. We believe in prophetic words, but I want to tell you, it's based on the word of God and what God says to you. And God has directed my path to where I am. You know, and I had some doubts, and this is how little I knew. About two weeks later, I remember saying, Lord, you need to confirm this. I, I'm not sure. This is a massive step. In my daily readings that day were Luke, and that same verse appears in Luke in that chapter that I was reading that day. And I felt God saying, that's confirmation. And I know Stephen Lorraine Gilchrist are not here tonight, are they? Are they are? I remember the whole process. I remember one day saying, okay, I think, I believe it's right, but I really, really, really need to know. And Lorraine's dad, who was a pastor here before Pastor Peter Corkin, and I'm cutting a long story short here because Pastor Corkin helped me through the transition as we served in here. But I remember saying to God, God, I need more confirmation. And uh, Pastor Bill Wells, I'd done daily devotions. I don't know if you remember them. It was the month of daily devotions. So I'm praying on my way to work and I'm sticking his daily devotion on for that day. Now, Pastor Bill Walsh was an incredible godly man and sometimes he would just come away with things which were not in association with what he was talking about. Really, he would say great truth. And I remember I just stuck this on and he started a thought and I'm going through the processes and he's telling a story and then he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. And then he went on to something else. Oh, honestly. And I did speak to your dad about that. And, and I felt God saying, I'm not giving you any more confirmations. I've called you from a young boy. My call, my hand's been on your life. And it's now time for you to fulfill that calling on your life. Long story short, look where, look where I am. You know, I wouldn't swap it if I was Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi or whatever. I wouldn't swap it now. God's got good plans for your life. Good plans for your life. I remember a few years ago, some year ago now, I was in Tanzania. And there was a church of about a thousand folk. And I remember the tears. And I thought, Lord, I'm a wee boy if you come look. 99.99999% of the planet I've never even heard of. And here I'm standing speaking your word to a thousand people in Africa. How great is my God. And I thought back to being a wee boy at nine, ten in Colville when I didn't even know Jesus as my saviour. And that man spoke a word over my life. 
And I want to tell you, you've maybe had bad words spoken over your life. I want to tell you, God's got good words spoken over your life. I was a goody two-shoes. But you know what? I still needed to come and accept Jesus Christ as my personal saviour. And maybe here tonight, you may be a goody two-shoes. Maybe you think you've too far gone like the song we sang. But I want to tell you, God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. And as the band come up to play, this could be your night when you, like me, one night, I knelt down. We're not asking you to kneel down, but you say you can say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've known the scriptures. Maybe you know the Bible of the heart. Maybe you've been in church all your life. But I want to tell you, you still need to come to a place where you accept Jesus Christ as your saviour. And when you do that, you begin to outwork in God where it's to work, work the plans and purposes he has for your life. Can we all stand for a moment? And with every head bowed and eye closed, maybe tonight, you don't need to understand it all. You don't need to have been in church all your life, but maybe you have. But tonight, you know, you've never accepted Jesus as your saviour. We want to tell you, God's got a plan and a purpose, and whatever has happened to you in the past is just purpose for you to be here tonight in this place. And God has still got purpose for you to fulfill. He's got plans for you. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your saviour, you've never accepted Jesus as your saviour, tonight's your night. You've maybe had opportunities, and like me, you just said no. Maybe you've never been in church before. Maybe you've been in church your life, but you know that you know that you know that you're not right with God, that Jesus has not come into your life and forgiven you. Tonight, if that's you and you want to accept Jesus, can you just stick your hand up? Just slip your hand up. You're just saying, yes, I'm accepting Jesus as my saviour. Maybe you've walked away from God, but it's a time to come back into his purposes. Back to, back into the plan and purpose that God's been shaping for your life. God bless you. Take your hand down. Father, I thank you for your hand in my life. I thank you for your hand in everyone's here. I thank you for your word, which is still real and alive and speaking to us. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for restoring. Lord, I thank you for everyone here, whatever their past has been. Hallelujah. Thank you for the future they have in you. Lord, for those who maybe wandered away for a bit, I thank you, Lord, that your purpose and plan can still be fulfilled in their life. And I pray for those who have responded to just draw back and come back to your plan and back in tune with you, that this tonight will be a significant marker, stepping stone in their life, where they see you redirecting and repurposing their life, not repurposing your purposes, but their purposes in line with your purposes. Lord, I thank you. That no matter how good, no matter how bad we've been, the same Jesus Christ died for us, to forgive us, to cleanse us, to make us right with you, and to give us a great future ahead with you. We have a, a point up there at the corner. I mean, the band of store. If you need to just go and speak and connect, the connection point, just to connect and speak with somebody who will help you in the next stage of your journey, that would be great. God bless you.